on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There is Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, good everybody and welcome to the clubhouse right across Australia. Great to have your company on this golfing weekend. Julian Bayard is my name as usual in the studio with Mark Allen and Marco. Great to have your company again today. Jules, always look forward to the clubhouse. Always, and seeing your mate. smiling face and yes. no doubt the 39 points you had oh, yes. during the week, mate. <laughs> Back it. to single figures. That's it. For young Jules. Well done to you, sir. Thank you, mate. Well done. All those masterclass tips have come in handy. Yeah, yeah. So Where, whereabouts do you have a 39 points? Uh, Beacon Hills. Uh, my uh, my course record still <laughs> standing, is it, down there? <laughs> what, took you 50 seconds to solve Still down that there, is it? You know, I, <laughs> you know, I did that scores record. I shot that 1991. You know, there's been significant changes to equipment since 91. Yeah. Still. Nobody. You're pretty happy with that, aren't you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Very happy with that. Yes. No, How's it looking in the old Beacon Hills? I haven't been there for great, a while. Nick. When are you going to invite me up? Great, Nick. Oh, well, you can come whenever you want. Well, 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 I'll come up. You're a busy man, though, Marco. So. No, I, I'd find time for you, buddy. Yeah, hey, how about this week in golf? Mate, fairy tales do come true <laughs> sometimes in golf. That's what I learned this week. That is brilliant. Vaughn Taylor, perfect example of fairy yep. tales coming true in golf. It's amazing. I reckon uh, on PGA Tour and the European Tour, I reckon once or twice a year, it seems like the first emergency wins. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You know, there's been some really famous ones like John Daly. John Daly, well, when he won his first major, yep. he was probably just in nappies at the time probably. in 1991. Yep. Uh, he was 13th alternate. Something yeah. crazy. Like it was, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't 13th, he was like 8th. But it was something ridiculous. And Nick Price, who was the world number one or two mm-hmm. back in 1991, he's a very good player. Um, his wife went into uh, labor. Right. So he pulls out. 12 other guys have got in. John Daly doesn't even get a practice round. He didn't even have a caddy. So he took Nick Price's caddy. His name was Squeaky. Of course it was. Yep. So Squeaky jumps <laughs> on John Daly's bag and... You know, he, he, apparently he saw John Daly warming up on the range and thought, obviously this guy looks like a lunatic, <laughs> but my God, how good does he hit the ball? Yeah. And then when they got out in Crooked Stick, uh, like the name suggests, every hole's a dog leg. Yep. Every player in the field couldn't reach the dog legs. So their fairway was only about 30 yards wide or you know, 30 metres wide. Yep. John Daly was taking it over every dog leg. So his fairway was 60 metres wide. <laughs> So he had a fair advantage. Not only did he have a 60-metre-wide fairway, yeah. but he was hitting at 60 metres past everybody yep. and goes on to win his first major. Amazing story. Brilliant story. What about, oh, Vaughan Taylor. So let's put the, the background in there for everyone who, who doesn't know about it. Please. So he played the weekend before in Colombia but had to withdraw because of a stomach virus. Yep. So he was, uh, he was crook. So instead of flying home to Georgia from Colombia, he actually flew to California because yep. the flight was cheaper. To get yep. home. This is how much the bloke's struggling. Yep. He couldn't afford the excess luggage on the flight. We all yep. know about excess luggage. So he took basically. his carry bag. So he took the small golf bag yeah. on the plane. Yep. He was the first alternate, uh, only got a spot when Carl Patterson withdrew, and then came from six shots back in the final round to defeat Phil Mickelson. He's now ranked 15th in the FedEx Cup. Exemptions through the 2017-2018 mm. season. Gets to play in the Masters. Where he lives. Brilliant. He lives in Augusta. Course. He lives in Augusta. Yep. 
Uh, it's a crazy story, and everyone loves a fairy tale in sport. And, and this was a beauty, but you know, to watch Phil Mickelson miss that last putt, I heard some people say that he gagged. Nah, he didn't gag. It was a good part. You know, they I have. Well. In, in, normally, when they make a cut, there's usually around seventy to eighty players. You know, it's always a seventy-man cut. Uh, this week on those soft greens, because they have uh, amateurs playing, yep. um, and let's just say some of those amateurs aren't in the best shape. <laughs> There are some significant some footprints, footprints. <laughs> significant footprints, and generally speaking, some of the amateurs, you know, they need a little bit of help to get the ball out of the hole, so they're leaning on their putter, getting balls out, yep. destroying the place. Yep. Phil Mickelson made a beautiful stroke. The pace was perfect. There was no flinch. It was a beautiful stroke, and he missed. Yep. Stiff cheese, Phil, bad luck. Um, but in the end, an unbelievable fairy tale, which we love, which we love. So... The question now is, what will he do with the fairy tale? Yes. Because so many players, they get the win, never seen again. Mm. So he has to recommit all of a sudden. You know, he, he, he said he worked hard to get back and, and to get a chance to win. He shoots 31 on the back nine, including four birdies in a row. And there was one real lucky one where he, mm. his ball was in the rough. He hits it out of the rough. It lands on the back of a bunker, kicks forward. It's going to go 20, 30 feet past. Hits an opponent's ball. And stops next to the pin. Yep. So he, he, he rode his luck. Need, he yep. rode his luck. He birdied, the, uh, like I said, five holes in the back nine to shoot 31. He wins the tournament. Now he's got to reevaluate where he is in the world of golf. So uh, that'll be a good story to follow. Hopefully he does something special. This was what he had to say after the win. I didn't think it was going to happen. You know, I've, I've worked so hard and just kept getting knocked down and knocked down and I just I can't believe it actually happened again and um, just amazing so many people to thank and uh, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm at a loss for words right now I know uh, I didn't even have my tour card and um, you know got in this week off past champion status and uh, you know I'm playing in the Masters pretty soon so uh, that's just a dream come true dream come true indeed Marco and well played to Vaughn Tallett fascinating part of this story Marco mm. is seeing behind and seeing into what it takes to be a professional player when you're playing the second and third string tours oh, and my. what it takes because the fact that he couldn't afford to fly home and mm. flew to California and couldn't even afford to take his full kit and full bag mm. on the plane yep. that's the struggles that these blokes go through can you can you t- what are they? What are they doing? These blokes that we don't realise that you see these multi-millionaire golfers and they just yeah. Well, you got to keep up. That's the thing. That's why. That's why golfers go broke. The, the amazing thing yep. is when you when you because he's a winner. He's been a past winner mm. on the PGA Tour. You get used to that lifestyle. You get used to having a great caddy. You get used to flying when you want to fly, mm-hmm. how you want to fly. You get used to staying in beautiful places. You get used to uh, having your trainer and your psychologist and making phone calls to the people you need to make phone calls because you're a winner. Um, once you start missing cuts, uh, that all dries up, except for your want for the best caddy to fly when you want, to uh, stay in the best hotels, and the money dries up. Now, you know, once upon a time, it used to be about 2000 US dollars a week on the PGA Tour. That's when I was messing around. But it's much more than that now. Yep. I mean, if you want to stay at the tournament hotel, you know, they used to do a decent deal at tournament hotels. It was 100 bucks a night. That's uh, no longer the case. It's, mm. you know, two or $300 US a night. Um, your caddy, you know, 1000 US for a caddy was cheap. 
you know, these days it's 2,000 US because your caddy's got to eat. Your caddy's got to stay somewhere. Your caddy's got to fly week after week. So what are we up to? We're up to 4,000 US yep. already. Then you've got to eat. Then you've got to fly your wife in. If your kids are coming, you've got to look after the kids. It can be up around, if you're doing it on a shoestring, around five or 6,000 US a week if you're flying. Now, if you're, if you're driving everywhere... Then you got to soar back when you teed up on on Thursday, yeah. so or, or Monday, yeah, yeah, or or Monday. We just saw Jared Lyle um, pre queue on the Monday mm. for uh, the Northern Trust this week, so hopefully he's played well. But you, you know, you, you, people don't understand the pickup nature of being a journeyman. You see Rory McIlroy jet in and Jordan Spieth's new home and Jason Day, what he's doing at the basketball. Yep. Should be looking after his wife a little bit better, I would have thought. <laughs> maybe not courtside, Jason. Maybe not courtside, <laughs> just at the moment, uh, JC Boy, maybe a couple of rows back. But, you know, you see, you see the glamour. Yep. But, uh, you know, these guys that I think he was 440-odd in the world, um, you know, 440 in the world sounds pretty good. But clearly, if you've got a wife and kids and house payments and... Um, you know, you got to pay for your car and maybe your kid's going to a nice school, then it all adds up. Yes. It all adds up. And then once the second, here's the worst bit, the second that you start uh, cutting expenses, um, well, you're falling behind Rory McIlroy because Rory's flying and his back's great because his masseur's there. Yeah. You're driving 12 hours, your back's wrecked. <laughs> you know, there's all that sort of stuff. So you're actually trying to beat the best players in the world living at a negative yeah, you know, tight lifestyle. So it doesn't. It, it's hard, but every once in a while, comes Cinderella good. comes good, that's it. and that's what we like. Now, uh, we'll play to a couple of Aussies who finish, uh, or Jason Day tied for eleventh, seventy-one, sixty-six, sixty-eight, and then seventy-three. So yeah, disappointing good. on the Sunday, but, yeah, uh, but was back right. into some good form. Yeah, Cam right. Smith also tied eleventh, which yeah, was good, great. Good, good, good. So Ryan Ruffles, Ryan Ruffles second Ruffles, event, seventy-eight uh, last day, seventy-eight on the last day to finish tied yeah. for sixtieth. Bad weekend, seventy-three, seventy-eight. Yeah, yeah, one fifty-one doesn't make much money cool. in the world on the US tour, but uh, he's got to start, I believe, in Arnold Palmer's event. Okay. So he's got his third start there. Two cuts, though, which is good. Yeah. Look, if there's too many people in the initial cut, then they have the second cut. Yeah. And that works for TV. It makes it work for TV. Uh, they all still get paid and they get some form of points. But, um, yeah, Arnold Palmer now looms as a pretty important one. Um, you only get this chance that he's got once. Yep. You know, at the moment, he's the 17-year-old whiz kid, mm. Ryan Ruffles. Next year, he's going to be... That kid who was the 17-year-old whiz kid. Didn't do anything. In about three years' time, he's going to be, if he doesn't pick up his game and start playing well and make the most of these early starts, he's going to be that kid who got those starts when he was 17 and now we don't know where he is. So that would be crystallizing in his mind at the moment. So even though he's made a little bit of money, you know, 20000 first stop, probably made 15000 mm-hmm. This one, so he's made $35,000 US dollars uh, in a couple of tournaments. Um, you know, after tax, he's probably left with about ten. And all his payments and uh, hotel bills, and yep. he's probably got to do a few other bits and pieces. He he now knows that he can make cuts, but now he has to perform on the weekend and make the most of these starts. Yep. Hopefully he can. Uh, he can just get those Saturday Sunday rounds. A he's a bit very clear thinking young man. He's strong of mind. This yeah. kid, you watch him he's go. He's driving a long way too. Is he? Yeah. What's he doing? Is oh, he up there? Is he three twenty? Maybe. That's up there. Yeah. So it's well and truly up yep. there. He's big, just a kid. Big. So uh, now, did you read about Mark Leishman during the week? Angry pills. Yeah. <laughs> this was extraordinary because if you haven't heard about this, so he got some treatment for a, what he thought was a spider bite. 
Mm. Um, and then went out and played and said he was just not himself and was angry on the golf course and was just getting completely Before mad you go any with further, himself. Has a spider ever bitten you? Uh, no. I've never been bitten by a spider. You know what it was? What was it? Bed bugs. Bed bugs? Bed bugs. <laughs> bed bugs. <laughs> Which I hate Where's to Where's he staying? I've had that before. Have you? You've had bed bugs? Yeah. It's not, not ideal. Well, I understand if you got bed bugs because, you know, you had a holiday down at Rosebud or something. But these guys are so he's, staying in big hotels. No, well, How do you get the, bed this bugs? This because the, the tournament he was playing, he'd won twice before. Hmm. And so he wanted, and he'd stayed at this crappy hotel. So he wanted to stick with the routine. So instead of staying oh. in the beautiful lodge where he should have stayed, oh. he stayed at the crappy hotel, got oh. bed bugged, thought he'd been bitten by a spider, took these pills. What are and, you doing? Uh, angry pills, missed the cut. So hopefully he's back to his best. Uh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, a lot of pros, a lot of pros, a lot of footballers these days too. They take their own pillow wherever they go. Yeah. So they don't, you know, it's, it's important that you look after yourself. Yeah. So I would, it, mate, if I'm Mark Leishman and I'm making. Five million a year. I'm staying at the lodge. <laughs> Come on, mate. I'm staying at the lodge, Leach. Come on. What are you doing you down the holiday inn? For goodness sakes. Hey, before we get to a break, Phil Mickelson, we already talked about his birdie putt on 18, but he yeah. looks to be in a bit of form at the moment, Phil. He's yeah, playing look, he, pretty well. He's got an Australian coach all of a sudden, this Andrew Getson guy who I think he used to play in the Victorian State team. Um, this kid, now this is, what, this is only what I've been told, yep. uh, but they all know him as Ghetto. You know, Andrew Getson, Ghetto, so mm-hmm. a big leap there from Ghetto. But they love Ghetto. <laughs> they come up with that. And Ghetto, um, I think there's a golf course called Eagle Hawk or something Hawk up there. Yep. It's, it's so exclusive, unbelievably exclusive. All these members bought him a membership. They bought him a membership at this Eagle Hawk right. country club. It's about $180,000 joining fee. <laughs> He's got in the ear of Phil Mickelson. I mean, Aaron Badley tells everybody he knows to go see Ghetto yeah. for a lesson. And... Now Phil Mickelson is seeing Ghetto. So he's left Butch Harmon, who I believe is the best coach in the whole world. Yep. He just, just based on the results that he's got with, with the big name players and no one had, he doesn't have a method. He just gets the best out of what they bring to the table, which I love. I love that about Butch. Um, but Phil needed a different voice. He's got a different voice. And when I, you know, do the pause play stuff, when I'm watching the golf, I always like to see what people are doing with their swing. Um, Phil Mickelson's swing has improved. Yeah. Once upon a time, you know, he used to get halfway back and his shaft used to point in the wrong place over his ball. Normally, I like to see, uh, you know, when you're looking at someone's swing from behind. So, you, you know, you, you're right behind them and you can see directly where the ball's going to go. So you're not looking at them face on. Uh, when they get halfway back, you want the shaft to point just inside the ball, inside the ball on your feet. Phil's shaft line halfway back used to point you know, a foot over the ball, which mm. is really the no-no, and that's why he kind of always looks like he's coming over the top. So the over-the-top actually gets him back online. But this week, um, Phil's shaft was pointing inside the ball where it should be. So uh, Andrew, or I think he's named Andrew, but I'll just call him Ghetto. Yep. Ghetto's got Phil Ghetto. looking a lot better. So there's a little bit of an Australian... Nice. I don't know, flavour that we're seeing with Phil Mickelson just at the moment. Yep. So well done. Well played, Phil. Very Good work, nice. Phil. All right, Marco, we're going to get to a break. Lots more Clubhouse still to come. My name's Julian Bayard. Mark Allen is here. We're going to have a look at, well, the 20th anniversary oh, of what? Happy Gilmore is coming it, out. Is that 20 years old 20 already? 20 years old. We're going to talk about that next on the Clubhouse. All right. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. Yeah, you certainly are. The Clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is in the studio as well. And Marco, we touched on it briefly before the break. But did you know it's been 
20 years since this. Damn alligator bit my hand off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. That's pretty much me on the cutting <laughs> surface every week. Happy Gilmore. Probably uh, the best golf movie ever 20 made. 20 years. Yeah, 20 years this week. It's funny, you know, you're either a Caddyshack man or a Happy Gilmore fan. And uh, just judging by the smile on your face, yeah. you're a Happy Gilmore type of guy. I love it both. Alligator pit my hand. That's Chubbs Peterson. <laughs> Chubbs. In another life, it used to be Apollo Creed. <laughs> I couldn't believe when Apollo Creed, no, I think they called him, he was calling himself in that movie the Black Arnold Palmer. He was going to be the Black Arnold Palmer yeah. until a crocodile or an alligator bit his arm off. <laughs> they wouldn't let him play in the tour anymore. Chubbs Peterson. Unbelievable. What was the pro? Who Shooter was the, McGavin. Shooter McGavin. <laughs> How about, did you see the the picture that went around? It was actually Shooter McGavin uh, took a selfie of him and Tiger Woods. Right. Yeah, yeah, so that went around the Twitter sphere. It was Shooter and Tiger in the one picture. No, look, it's a great movie. Very funny. Um, you know, tackling in golf, it's always been yeah. frowned upon. <laughs> so to see that sort of stuff was great. But 20 years. Lots of videos on the uh, PGA Tours uh, social media platforms this week of all the pros doing some happy Gilmore oh, impersonations. And you too good for your own hole. Yeah, yeah all that stuff. <laughs> Magnificent. Um, what about other golf movies? Tin mm, Cup? Tin you're, Cup. You're a Tin Cup man? Well, no, I haven't seen it. No. What? You haven't seen Tin Cup? No. Kevin Costner? Yep. Got to go see that one. Yep. He's an alcoholic driving range pro <laughs> who was a you know all-world college player yep. and somehow turns it around, gets into a US Open. I won't spoil the movie for people who haven't seen it, but go see Tin Cup. The other one that I love um, was uh, The Greatest Game Ever Played. Apparently there's a book out there as well. I haven't seen the book. But The Greatest Game Ever Played is uh, about, I think it's a 19-year-old Francis we met back in the 1910s. And uh, he won the US Open being um, Harry Varden. Uh, who was the yeah, who was the Tiger Woods of the nineteen tens and twenties? Harry Varden came over to play the U.S. Open, and this kid, an amateur kid with twelve clubs and a little twelve-year-old caddy, and they won the U.S. Open. Mm. That guy went on to run the USGA, <laughs> and the little fat kid who was in the caddy, little fat caddy, ended up being a billionaire right. back in the nineteen twenties and thirties. Yeah, they were yeah. mates forever. One of my favorites, Bagger Vance. Bagger Vance is a ripper. Yeah, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Damon, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. No, they've made, they're just starting to come out with a few yep. good I'm going to watch Happy movies. Gilmore this week now. What's <laughs> that one? Oh, yeah. I'm watch that this yeah, week. Yeah, I think I might. Yeah. Surely it's on. Surely. Oh, it has to be. Surely it's got to be going around. It's on every other around. week. Yeah. <laughs> surely it's got to be going around. <laughs> When's the last Madison. time you saw Caddyshack? Oh, five, ten years ago. Yeah, it's starting to age a bit, yeah. Caddyshack. Might have to get that out. Too. Yeah. Lacey Underall still, she's going all right, though. Yeah. All right. Time to get serious against time four. On the clubhouse, the pro shop. Yeah, the pro shop on the clubhouse. So we take a look at a bit of golfing equipment or apparel or mm, some accessories something. each week. And Mark Allen gives his assessment on what you should get if you're going to be going down to your local store this week. Righto. So uh, putters we're talking about this week. And some putters are face balanced and other putters, um, well, they're toe heavy. So what that means is if you play a, uh, a putter on a, on, on a table, um, face balanced putters, the face of the putter will point straight up mm-hmm. as if you're pointing that way. Now... Face balance is fantastic if in your mind you think a putting stroke goes dead straight back and dead straight through. And a lot of golf coaches teach this method. Um, Also, if you've played cricket in the past, everything is straight back, straight through. So if you are um, that way inclined, a face balance putter is really going to suit you. But Mm -hmm. if you putt like a pro, 
So if you put like Tiger Woods, if you put like Phil Mickelson, if you put like someone like uh, Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, uh, there is a belief that your arc goes on a gentle inside. So you don't actually take the putter straight back. You take it slightly on the inside. Mm-hmm. And what happens is the face stays square to that new inside arc. So the face actually opens up and then the face releases. So the toe actually goes past the heel in your follow-through. So it's called a toe release or a face release. Now, uh, like I was saying, just as the face balance putter promotes straight back, straight through, uh, the toed, the, the, the toe down putter uh, certainly influences you when your stroke slows down. When you hit the ball and the stroke slows down, the toe then overtakes the heel and you get the face to release. So Tiger Woods is, when he was the best putter in the whole world, in the whole world, and nobody could touch him, he very much was all about releasing the putter face, staying still, taking the putter back on the inside, and then hitting the ball with the middle middle of the club, and then the face had to release. And what you find with this method is you don't steer the ball. As soon as you start steering putts, We've all done it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you try and keep the play, you try and keep the club face very square. So, for those people who actually want to go back through straight and through and uh, follow through straight, face balance putters are no no brainer. Yep. But what that does do is you have to use your hands to keep the club face square yep. and to get the thing to go back through straight and through. So there's two different thoughts. So my word of advice is to get somebody to video your putting stroke just the way you like to do it. And on about a 20-footer, so not on the short ones, but on, a, on about a 20-footer. And you can see there and then whether your putter goes inside on the way back. Um, there have been some experts who say, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. But those experts have never had putts for millions of dollars. No. People who actually play the game really believe that uh, uh, a toe-down putter versus a face-balance putter there is a significant difference and one ben- one sort of stroke benefits the other. Right. So they both work. There is no better or worse. In a lot of pros' minds, because there's just as many pros, I think, try and go straight back and straight through versus the inside-outside. The inside putters end up being the best, uh, from what I can tell, yep. from you know, since I've been following the game. But um, uh, if you take it inside, get a, uh, a putter that hangs down, like an answer, any kind of answer, answer a copy. If, the, if you... Put the putter shaft on the table and the toe hangs down, that's the one for you. But if in your mind, if your attitude is to go straight back and straight through, face balanced all the way. There Pretty simple. Easy. Pretty simple. I like it. So there's pluses and minuses for both. Yep. Well, it's definitely for me. The cricket, what do you do? The cricket background is... Uh, cricket background. Got me going Get in behind through. the ball. Yep. Go through and the ball straight. Very much a leg side player too, so I'm trying to avoid the uh, right. hands clean. So you just got so. down to nine with 39 points at Beacon Hills during the week. Well, Imagine if we can bash that out of you, change yeah. your attitude on the putting green, <laughs> you might get down to seven or six. And my cricket game's not very good either, so it's probably not going to yeah. affect that that much. Maybe maybe you're going on the arc with the cricket and you're going maybe straight with the putting. Maybe that's what it is. You might be doing that too. Do you, a separate question on putting. Yeah. Do you, what's your opinion on the, the line on the putter and the ball on the putter? No, I, I think they're great. I, I really do. I, I don't like the line on the top leading edge, but I certainly like um, a line somewhere on the putter. Yep. I like the as soon as my, and, and this happens a lot, as soon as my leading edge, the, the, the top edge on the putter that you use to align, as soon as that gets dinted, then I think that um, that hurts you. You want that line to be really sharp. That is your one 
you know, it's, it's very it's very difficult. You're not, it's not like a gun when you line up a golf shot. You're not getting behind a pistol and pointing a little aimer. Yeah. You're actually looking at it from the side. So I was always um, on a very clean and sharp leading edge to aim with. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like that line on it. I liked the line on the flange. And the only reason I liked the line on the flange is because I want to know where the sweet spot is. So um, I, I still use that square face to, to line it up. Yep. So that, that's just me, but everyone's different. Some people like the two balls on the back of it. The two ball. Have you heard the two ball story? No. You haven't heard the two ball story? No. All right, so there was an old caddy. Yeah. And he was a bit of a craftsman as well. And he, right. used, to, he used to fill around with um, a guy's putter. What was his name? I'll think of his name in a tick. But this guy used to have a three ball putter. It was actually three. Three ball putter. It was actually three plastic balls, real plastic balls. <laughs> D.A. Wybring, his name was. D.A. Yeah. Wybring had three plastic balls trailing this <laughs> one face. And DIY bring one tournament using the three ball, but it looks so ugly. Oh, shocking. Ugly that no one took it up. So this guy crafted what we now know as the two ball putter. He just made a bit out of wood. He took it into Callaway, who were Odyssey. Yep. He said, What do you reckon? They said, Leave it with us. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. So they took it to their technicians. The technicians had a bit of a fiddle with it and they lined it up and they thought, Wow, three balls in a row. That's really easy to line up. So they came back to him the next day. He came back in the Odyssey. And they said, um, I like what you've done here. We'll buy it off you. Oh. you can, uh, we'll give you 200,000 US yeah. or a dollar a putter. And he said, I'll take the 200,000, no, please. Didn't. Last oh. time I checked, oh, no. last time I checked, 30 million two ball putters have oh. been sold worldwide. Yuck. Yuck. Bad result. Come on, mate. They should have just given him a just, little bit anyway, just, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, something. Something. Sure, there's some sort of give him a milk year or something. Give him a milk. Yeah. But no, nah. yeah. took two hundred thousand. <laughs> He's probably still driving around his Winnebago oh, he bought. Ah, oh, disaster. That makes disaster. me so sad, Mark. <laughs> you just got to take a bit each way, wouldn't you? Yep. You take a bit each way. He should have gone. I'll give us a hundred thousand and fifty cents. Yep. We should be in business. We should be. You're too smart for that guy. That's why caddies are caddies, and you do what you do. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. You certainly are The Clubhouse across Australia, and we're here for the Mandalay Golf Course, Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north, and you can play at Melbourne's newest golf course, Club Mandalay. Green fees available seven days a week. Please visit clubmandalay.com. Fairways are beautiful, I'm told. Magnificent. Greens, perfect. Yep. Fantastic. Great place to live well, too. Everybody out there, for some resort-style living as well. So, yeah. a lot of people dream about living on a golf course. In yes. America, if you're not living on a golf course, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, everybody <laughs> does. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> Particularly in Florida. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Now, uh, inside the clubhouse this week for Club Mandalay, we're going to have a look at some comments about Rory McIlroy. Who uh, made them? Brandel Chambly. So Chambly. Golf, yeah. Okay. Golf so Channel analyst. Yeah, he's very good. Now, what he had to say was that uh, Rory McIlroy should be wary. Mm of lifting too many weights yeah. and doing too much weight training and strength training in the gym yeah. because it could lead to what happened to Tiger Woods where a lot of people yeah. think that he got too big and it interrupted his swing where he had these yeah. huge biceps yeah. bulking out of his shirt. Listen, knowing what we know now, I think it's fair to say that Tiger might have been doing a few curls for yeah. the girls yes. right now. <laughs> knowing I th- what we know now. I think I think <laughs> seeing Tiger, and no, I, I think maybe there was a little bit of Tiger who wanted to look good naked. Probably, cannon work. Yeah, the yeah. cannons were too big. They were big. But it's, it is also fair to say that just about every golfer has learnt from him. And, you know, when you go inside and you see what the golfers are doing these days, a lot of it 
is on the core. Most of it is uh, deadlifting yes. or deadlifting of some form. Uh, just to look after that lower back and have a very, very strong lower back and thighs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want that base to be as strong as possible, and that prevents back injuries, what we now believe. now. That's exactly what Rory McIlroy has come out and said, yeah. that he's doing it to prevent injuries. He's yeah. uh, posted in res- in response to this, uh, yeah, back good. to the Golf Channel, and said uh, posted a, f- a video of him doing squats. Uh, yeah. Three reps at, he says, 120 kilos, and before that he just did three uh, yeah. reps at 100 kilos. So yeah. he says he's a golfer, yeah. not a bodybuilder, and yeah. he's doing it to prevent injuries. It sounds to me like Brendel Chambly had about three minutes spare time on his program, and just waffled because everybody has learned so it's, it's you know i think when you look at when you look at tiger now i mean he's just about turned 40 when you look at tiger now uh, maybe even 41 uh, he still should be hitting the ball a long way golf's been his life yep. but everybody is blowing it past him i reckon i reckon um jordan spieth probably hits it as far or right beside tiger these days but when you look at some of the bigger guys and the big hitters on tour their core, you can just tell. The way they walk, when you look next to them, you can just see there's no puppy fat on these guys. Um, their arms, uh, they're very uh, supple. Mm-hmm. They're strong, supple arms. Because a lot of the core exercises that you do, you're using your arms as you know stabilizer. The arms and the shoulders, they get this enormous workout. You yep. know, when, you, when you compared uh, a golf club, which weighs what? I don't know. 500 grams? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, a golf club total weighs 500 grams. All the golfers are doing these exercises with 10 kilo um, medicine balls or yep. dumbbells or whatever. So you, you don't need to bench press six plates. No. You don't need to do that to play golf. Tiger was. You don't need to have those biceps <laughs> unless like there is a certain target group you are focusing on which he was which we now know evidently he was (laughs) right you don't need to have those biceps to swing a 500 gram golf club you just don't even though the forces the g-forces or you know the change of direction that 500 grams probably turns into something else but a 10 kilo um uh you know dumbbell uh, medicine ball, whatever, is enough. And the the G-forces they create in the gym doing that is clearly enough to have where they've got full control over the golf club and they can keep the golf club and their arms in front of their body when their core is ripping through impact. Yep. So that's no issue anymore. But the big one, like Rory has said, um, to look after that lower back, get that as strong as it possibly can be and make sure that uh, the body parts that are holding up your swing, the real base... Um, are as strong as a ball. And it's important for Rory, too, to get the pins in shape because they're now wearing shorts on the European Tour. That is so exactly right. That is a great point, Jules. And he's probably got to go somewhere in the Bahamas and get the tan going. Just get a bit of colour on those. he's a uh, fraction pasty. Irish. Yeah, he's a fraction pasty. <laughs> but uh, isn't that... You know, I know we touched it on last week, but isn't that fantastic from the European oh, Tour? Yes, please. That the pros in hot conditions, yep. probably whenever they want, can wear shorts... In the practice rounds yeah. and the pro-am. I saw a photo of Rory in shorts. And then he How's had he the, look? the Nike high tops on as well. The new golf uh, Nike high tops. He's not wearing shorts. Nike high tops, is he? In shorts? Yeah, it, was all, it looked awesome. awesome. I want to see that picture. I'll get him up. I'll right. get him up. Okay. I'll show you in the ad. I want to see it. Yep. They were good. Now, right, that's good. Before we get to the clubhouse, we talked about this uh, after the show last week, Mark. Yeah. And we brought it up. The Wentworth Golf Club in the UK. Right. So, there's a new owner? Yep. So a Chinese conglomerate have bought the course, well, back in 2014 for a reported yep. $270 million. Yep. So this Good is word, the, conglomerate. This is the equivalent course in the UK of... Uh, Royal Melbourne. 
this, the best course. Yeah. The best course. Royal Melbourne. Yep. Absolutely. They want to charge current members, so not new members, members who are already there. Current members. $200,000 each just to remain a member. Yep. And then they want to double the fees, which are already sixteen grand a year, to 32000 a year. I wouldn't be happy if I and was a member. And they want to reduce the number of members from 4,000 to 800. Is this the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen? Yeah, it's not fair, mate. They can't do it. <laughs> and then surely when they sold Wentworth, why they would sell Wentworth, I would never know. Mm. But surely, surely there was a clause in there to look after the members <laughs> some way, Just somehow. At some point. Uh, look, it's a lesson for everybody. Yeah. It's a lesson for everybody. In this world now where golf courses are... Uh, selling up mm-hmm. and moving on. Um, yeah, these sort of things need to be put in place where you can't just take over. You can't ask for more money. You can't double fees. You can't ask for an extra $200,000 or even an extra $2,000. No. You can't. You can't do that stuff. So, look, the you know, the Wentworth members, you've got to be pretty well to do anyway to be there, but they're not copping this. No. They're not copping this. But, Nothing. wow, what a mistake. What a mistake. I'll tell you what the moral of the story is. Stay away from conglomerates. Yes. Keep away <laughs> not a, from not them. Not a good word. Ugly word <laughs> in the world of golf. Ugly word. Nothing good has ever come from a conglomerate in the world of golf. We can promise you that. <laughs> Marco's Masterclass is next. Marco's Masterclass. You're on the clubhouse. Julian Bayard is my name. Time to get a golf lesson from the number one analyst on radio and teacher, Mark Allen, who's I like here it, Jules. with us. Keep talking like that. That's You'll it. go far. Now... Uh, Everybody in the whole world wants to hit the ball longer and straighter. Yes. They do. Yes, please. If you can get extra distance and control that distance, then it is a dream situation. I like where you're heading with this. For every golfer. Yes. So, as long as you're going to be working with me, you're going to know this. Mm -hmm. Like, you just might as well tattoo it on your memory bank. Yeah. Shoulder turn is the horsepower in a golf swing, and your hand action through impact is like the turbo charge. Without horsepower... A turbocharge is useless. With a with horsepower, uh, if you don't have the turbocharge, you're always going to get off to a bad start. You're never going to be all right. So just they they work together. Yeah. But the hardest thing to do in the world is actually get the shoulder turn with the short arm swing, and then continue on with the turbocharge with the which is the hand action. So. People who want to make a bigger shoulder turn end up making a bigger arm swing as well. And that's the big mistake that people make. So my advice to you, if you want to increase your shoulder turn, don't just make a longer swing because what ends up, hap- well, what ends up happening is that your arms just go way behind your back and then once your arms are behind your back, you're gone. You want to keep your arms in front of your body. So the feeling is to actually gain horsepower mm-hmm. and then by extension, keeping your arms in front of your body, gain control is to actually turn the hips on the backswing and have a short swing. So if you can turn the hips, that will increase your shoulder turn, but then you've got to have a short arm swing. Sounds complicated. Yes. But this is basically what every young man works on to become a pro. So a lot of the kids who take up amateur golf, they get away with a lot because they're so supple when they're 18 and 19 years old, and they can move their body into plenty of nice spaces. Yep. But eventually it comes time where they've got to shorten things up and make themselves a, or basically a golfing piston. Mm-hmm. One, two, one, two. The only way you can do that is to keep your arms in front of your body. So if you're out there with a long swing, that's no good. I almost guarantee your arms are going past your body. So 
to keep the arms in front of your body, you need to turn the hips and have a short swing. Seems strange when you first start doing it, but try it out there, folks. If you can turn your hips on the backswing just a little bit and have a short backswing, I guarantee your arms will be in front of your body. You You will have increased your shoulder turn and your arms, because they're not having a long swing, would have stayed in front of your body, and you'll find you'll increase your distance and your control. Very nice. Turn. And that's what we all want. Turn your hips with a short Just swing. Just a little turn. But then turn the hips with a short swing. swing. Have a crack. If you've, got a, if you've got a short swing, by the way, yep. this is the wrong tip for you. If you've got a short swing already, then just turn the hips. Yep. Your short swing's perfect. But if you um, don't have that short swing, then you need to have a short swing. You do. But have a short swing with the hip turn. Yep. There you go. Righto. Another brilliant uh, Marco's you, You'll be down to seven next week. I inside. The putting stroke is going to be an inside putting stroke. <laughs> You're going to get rid of the face balance putt. You're going to have an instru- like, inside putting stroke. And you're going to have a short swing with a hip turn. Wander down to the range and just have good the stuff. podcast on, I think, and uh, listen to all this. Hey, been a good show, Marco. Enjoyed having your no company. Worries. We'll see you next week. Catch you next time, Jules. Thanks, boys. We will see you on the clubhouse next week, wherever you are, right across Australia.